Take what is mine with and blood. Welcome to the Make Westeros Great Again podcast, the greatest podcast that ever was or will be, the podcast that will mount the world. We wish you good fortune in the wars to come. We are here to cover HBO's Game of Thrones, and most importantly, we are here to make Westeros great again. My name is Andrew of House Boomer Phelps. And my name is Kevin of House Shaggy Dog. And we are here, Andrew. We're talking about Oathbreaker, the third episode of the season six here. What did you think of this episode? Quite a few things happened. Jon Snow quit his job. Yes, he did. After, be, after being resurrected. He's alive <laughs> now. I actually want to go see the world. I quit my job, go see the world. Can you blame him? Uh, no, I can't really blame him. Bran uh, watched a classic Super Bowl on Betamax. <laughs> just, you know, just got to go back and see, like, the classic games. Uh, and then Tyrion just kind of hanging out with his sober friends. Yeah, that's pretty rough. You know, when you go out and it's just you and all your friends that don't drink and you're sitting there like having your beverage and you're looking around like, man, this is this is uh, something, guys. Right. This beverage. <laughs> they're just not having it. They're just not just having not, it. So they're not having it. You know, it's, it's just you don't know what to talk about. Right. They kind of look down on you. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, but let's talk about what we're going to do in this episode. We're going to start off, of course, like we always do, with some wildfire hot takes. Yes, sir. Uh, then we're going to power rank uh, the best fight scenes in Game of Thrones after that thrilling Tower of Joy fight Man. scene in this last episode. Uh, we're going to talk about how to use Jon Snow's new catchphrase uh, in real life. <laughs> there's there's a couple other contexts that it can be used in, and we're going to kind of point those out to you. And, of course, we're going to close out, as we always do, with the Book of Brothers and the It Is Known prediction segment. But let's get some wildfire hot takes. Wildfire. Stand clear! Stand clear! All right, so as we always do, we got to talk about the – MVP of this episode and one of the stats that we try to use in this MVP analysis of course is the kill count Andrew Jon Snow leads the group with four kills on this episode with uh what's his name noose and uh no no, no. no he used noose he uh, used a noose it. he used five nooses is he that is that right or is it is it niece <laughs> nieces, if you have nooses? if you have Four nooses, is it niece? You have four nieces. Like goose? Yeah, I think so. Let's call them niece. Okay, um, so four niece. Uh, <laughs> and they were used for Alice Thorne, yeah. uh, Bowen Marsh, Othel Yarwick, and our buddy, your buddy, Ollie. Ollie Bear. Poor Ollie. What can oh, you do? man. What can you well, do? I, I think we've got some hot takes on Ollie coming up a little bit later on, but John leads the box score, leads yes, all does. statistical categories. Probably leads in PER, leads in uh, <laughs> usage rate. He is probably you got them all at uh, once too. It's like a three pointer, right? Yeah. Statistically, Jon Snow um, looking pretty good. One swipe um, of the sword, four right. kills. How can I mean? Can you beat that? That's efficient. That's, that is that's, really that's efficient. a kill efficient. Um, Arthur Dane. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and include those as kills. He can't win an MVP award because once again, this is like watching an old Super Bowl, like. Uh, branded in this situation but he got three kills killed three of ned stark's dudes they showed up with six and he killed half of them 
and um, J- oh, yeah, go ahead. Super clutch. Uh, and all oh, of them. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but it was amazing. And it led to our entire segment about uh, some sweet uh, sword fights and ranking them. So we're going to get to that in a little bit, but it was obviously inspired by the, uh, what is it? Sword of the, what is it? Sword of the morning or what? Sword of the morning. Sword Arthur of the Dane morning. Sword there it is. So uh, in our first episode, we power ranked the greatest fighters in Westeros. And I got a lot of feedback, actually, from a couple of friends saying, why isn't Arthur Dane number one? Well, like, well, should have listened. It was all about present time. Like, so if you were dead, you couldn't be on it. Cause, but so book readers know that he is widely known as the best sword fighter that ever was. And I think that, that was proven to be true uh, yeah, in man. this episode. I'm buying so that. I'm buying we got to give him his props. We'll talk a little bit about that more later. Uh, his buddy, uh, Gerald Hightower, he is the... He was the Lord Commander of the uh, King's Guard. He got one kill. Yeah, of, he wasn't of, that. He wasn't that tight. Uh, he died pretty early on uh, by Ned Stark, who got one and a half kills. And we're gonna go ahead and, and, and consider this like the NFL. Like if you get a sack, you, you get half of a sack. Or like you if, can't if tell two people combine it. on it, yeah, two <laughs> people combine on it, you get half a sack. Kind of like Michael Strahan used to like poach all these sacks to get right. his numbers up. Right. You just get a bunch of half a sacks and then add them up. So Ned, I, I'll give it to I'll give him half. So he killed one. He'll kill Gerald Hightower, but I'll give him half of the kill on Arthur Dane because <laughs> uh, I think he was still breathing when he did that final blow. But we're yeah. gonna give that other half half to Howland Reed. That's generous Howland. of you to give Ned that half kill. Yeah, but as we learned in that episode. Uh, Ned kind of like Michael Strahan, you know, he, he gets, gets done with his playing career. Everybody talks him up, but no <laughs> one remembers those half sacks that he poached off of everybody. Like sure. no one, no one tells those stories. Right. Like pe- people tell just like, Oh yeah, he had 22 sacks in one season. Right. So that's what we know. So that's what we know uh, in terms of the kill count. Uh, so Kevin, let's talk about the MVP of the episode officially as it, uh, is always. The criteria is whatever you want it to be. Uh, who did the most to advance their cause? Who killed the most? Who is just the most badass or just cuz? I'm going to go ahead and say there's two candidates. Okay. If there's more, let me know. But I'm going to say the candidates are Jon Snow and Arthur Dane. I don't know if Arthur Dane's eligible. We kind of set mm-hmm. some ground rules for ourselves last week. Um, he probably can't be MVP of the season, but maybe we can give him a special recognition award. I'm not sure, but I, I think that leaves Jon Snow. Is Jon Snow the MVP of the episode? That's got to be tough because he's got, I mean, obviously the efficiency rating like pushes him up quite a bit, but man, Arthur Dane was real awesome. Uh, I think we, just in the interest of like making this legitimate, because if you go back in time, that starts to open up some, some, uh, some doors that we don't, I don't know. I think it can get a little hairy. So let's give it to Jon Snow. As the MVP, Andrew, he had four kills with one swing of the sword. He killed Ollie and Alistair Thorne. He advanced his cause and he pieced out with a mic drop. That is some legitimate MVP caliber material there. So I got to go Jon Snow here. Yeah, I think so. All of the people he killed had names. Like they were given names. There's only two people who were named among Ned Stark's little crew. Ned Stark (laughs) and Howland Reed. The other guys, they have names in the books, but they were never spoken on the show. So we can just say that they are extras. Jon Snow didn't kill any extras. No, he took care of business. Uh, okay, so we got our MVP. Andrew, is there a rookie of the year candidate? Of course, this is a 
introduction of a new character this season. I, the only one that I saw on here that is like somewhat legitimate other than some extra is the little umber, right? Small, small John. Small John. Is that what they literally call literally call him is small well, John? I know okay, there's big so, John. Well, it's great John. Great John. Great, Damn it. Great John. Uh, got his hand bit off by uh, Ray Wind. Let's call him Big that, John instead. Can we okay, call let's him call Big John? Okay, Big John. Big John's a fun name. <laughs> Sounds like a Little House on the Prairie thing. Uh, I think it's a bar in Kansas City, which is why I'm Big calling John. it that. Big okay, John's so Big deck. John Umber, uh, his son, Small John Umber. Uh, so he's squatting up with Ramsey now. He killed Shaggy Dog. That's Bad a bummer, news. right? Poor That's one out for Shaggy Dog. That, yeah, lots of happened. Now, there's a lot of sad moments, but I think the saddest moments when they when you learned that the dog was killed. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Poor Shaggy brutal. Dog. Uh, speaking of killing characters and killing the dog, uh, we have a Hall of Fame qualifier segment. You've got a new way of doing this. Let's let's do it your way. Okay. Here are the folks that have passed on in this episode. Number one, Shaggy Dog. Number two, Arthur Dane. Number three, Gerald Hightower. Number four, Alistair Thorne. And number five, Ollie. All right, Andrew. Is there anyone in this group that is a Hall of Fame potential qualifier? Well, let's run through them a little bit. Also, just so we don't, uh, for the sake of completeness, Bowen Marsh and Othel Yarwick, Yarwick also died. From the deuce, but they're not important. They're not going to be Hall of Fame candidates. But Shaggy These, Dog could be, right? Shaggy Dog could be. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go over what's going on. Rickon's Direwolf. Shaggy, Shaggy Dog didn't really do much. He was just like along for the ride as they were, you know, walking up to the wall and then right. whatever they were doing with Osha. There's only three Direwolves left: Ghost, Summer, and Nymeria. Now, do we know that Summer and Nymeria are actually? No, summer. Summer is uh, is Brand's a dog. Brand's dog. So, do we know about Nymeria? She is off somewhere. Okay. We don't know anything about her. She this is. This was Arya's, right? Right. And and she told him told the dog to the the dire wolf to go away. That's right. Scram. Right. Okay. I remember this. Okay. I'm with you now. Okay. Uh. So Shaggy Dog. I don't think he gets in, but. You know what? If there's a if there's a dire wolf hall of fame specifically for dire wolves, hey, there's a there's a greyhound hall of fame. There's a horse racing hall of fame. If there's a dire wolf hall of fame, Shaggy Dog is going to be a strong contender. I but agree. for our sake, our purposes, the Baseball Writers Association of Westeros. Hey, speaking is not of, I think I saw this somewhere. I want to tell you this real fast. I, I I haven't told you this. I think I saw somewhere that somebody has a a horse racing you know like deal. And they started naming horses after Game of Thrones characters. Awesome. Uh, and I don't, I can't remember the context. It was obviously something in relation to the Kentucky Derby, but uh, we we need to find them and we need to bet on them. Is all that's the takeaway. <laughs> okay, I just can't wait for you know because sometimes when you do the the lineage and you breed horses, you kind of keep them similar names. Right, right. I just can't wait for like Hodor Blackfire to win the Kentucky Derby <laughs> and like. <laughs> 2025 here's open here's open all right so we got the next one arthur dane andrew yeah so he was probably inducted to this hall of fame 20 years ago right uh but we're just gonna say maybe the whole tower of joy fight should be put in like as a whole kind of like the 1992 olympic basketball team was put in like (laughs) entirely as a team 
Well, what about those other guys? In. What about all those randos that were there? Yeah, we, they get into. They, they just, get into. Just because they were there? Right, like Christian Leitner's in the Hall of Fame with that 1992 team. That's true. So Christian Leitner's like those unnamed guys that were with Ned Stark. He took Shaq's spot. Yeah. That's a travesty. Yeah, you watched that 30 for 30, didn't I you? I did. <laughs> I did. All I was right, a big Shaq fan in 1992, though, for the record. Yeah, yeah, you were. Uh, Gerald Hightower, he was the Lord Commander of the King's Guard. Similar, you know, died old time. They don't say his name in the show, so he's I don't gonna... know this guy. Yeah, they didn't even say his name. He does uh, not okay. get in. His last two we need to talk about a little a little more. Alistair Thorne. He's been around since episode three. He is an OG. Right. He coined the term or the name Lord Snow. Snow. He was it Lord Snow. Acting commander during Man's Raiders attack on the wall. Killed Jon Snow. That's a lot. Yeah. Listen, Alistair Thorne has actually been one of my favorite characters in Game of Thrones from the beginning. I don't know why, but I've always liked this guy. Now, I know like a lot of people hated him because of the way that that he always treated Jon Snow. But I always thought it was like part of his training. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that he was just always kind of that guy that just everyone was kind of sucking up to to Jon Snow. But he was like, you know what? I see greatness here, but I got to push him. I got to push him harder and harder and harder. And then the whole wildling thing happened. And so like the pushing thing like turned to like a little bit like more, you know, he didn't like him as much and it was actually legitimate pushing and not just doing it for his better good. But at the same time, like I still kind of liked Alistair Thorne. And then the whole like yeah. stabbing thing, eh, you know, I could maybe give, give it up for that because, you know, he, he and even to, even in his death, he was a badass. He was like, did what I thought was right. You know, I'd still do it again or whatever. I thought that was sweet, man. He he went out on top, and I, I like Alistair Thorne. He is a potential Hall of Fame qualifier in my book. You know, we're losing a lot of our villains. Uh, we lost Alistair Thorne. We lost Bruce Bolton. They're kind of needed to drive our, our likable characters. So who's going to drive Jon Snow now? We don't know. But Alistair Thorne definitely drove... Uh, him for five years. Yeah. Uh, so I think Alistair Thorne's got to be a you know pretty good candidate. Don't know if he gets in, but I think he's he's got some got some accolades that can um, be used to make a good argument. Okay, our last one we need to talk about. <laughs> Ollie. Ollie. Couple things we need to know about Ollie. Well, number one, potato enthusiast, especially potato. his his mum's potatoes. <laughs> uh, killed Ygritte. Yeah, he did killed Jon Snow. That's something. That's a that's a list. And he's like a legitimately good uh elevator operator, which is yeah. which is something that's a lost art if we're thinking about it. Uh that that used to be like a real thing and it's kind of been like lost along the way, kind of like some of the things in Game of Thrones lore, like we forgot how to tame dragons. Well, we also forgot how to use elevators and, and need elevator operators. Ollie could do that. So <laughs> I don't know, man. And I think that uh, Ollie can kind of go from being like incredibly sympathetic to pathetic. Like that quick change right. is worthy of Hall of Fame consideration. That's a good like point. Like it was really fast. That's a good point. And he never, you know what, in, in his last words, how badass is it to have last words with a, just a mean mug? That's all you do. Yeah, is a mean. Didn't mug. even say anything. He didn't Everybody say else anything. Said something. 
He said nope. nothing. He just mean mugged the whole time. I kind of respect that. Like uh, I have a so little those... bit more respect for Ollie now in death than I did in 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 life. There you go. And and we'll miss him. Not not much going on at the I wall without Ollie. those other guys. Man, Ollie was not. I I hated Ollie, but I kind of respect <laughs> him a little more now. All right. All right, just a little uh, bit. let's get on from the Hall of Famers and just move on and talk about the gambling wrap wrap up that's going to involve um, some death. So let's talk about some gambling real quick. We are not gamblers. You are the world's best gamblers. Gambling. Forty thousand gold dragons to the champion. Look at the fun we're having, Andrew. I don't know if you know this. But you I and do. I, hey Kevin, hey Kevin, I did watch the show. I do know this. I don't know if you and I, I don't know if you know this, Andrew. I, don't I, know if you I put do. this to I paper. Do. You put eyes to paper. But we predicted the top two, who's gonna die this season, in Roos Bolton oh. and Alistair Thorne. Oh. oh, we did. How about we that? Did. The Westgate what? Westeros is cleaning up with the favorites all of a sudden. Yeah, one and two. So Alistair Thorne dies. His death pays out one to two. So Not the second, the, the highest guy on the board, highest guy on the board goes away. Uh, that's good for the book. That's good for the profits. We're going to build these casinos even bigger <laughs> here uh, for the Westgate Westeros. We need to uh, install just, a new water feature out front. Yes. <laughs> just <laughs> raining in the cash. Uh, all you, all you uh, long shot betters are just losing it. One eight hundred bets off for you long shot betters who are just not not getting anything. Uh, the top two favorites are gone on the bet sheet, and those those are the top two death pool favorites. Um, so we didn't include everybody. You know, other people have died, but we didn't include everybody on the death sheet on the death pool. So we only included twenty four characters, and the top two are gone. How about that? So. So wait, who's uh, yeah. next? Do you, do you know off the top of your head who's who's number three? It's I can, I can find this real up. fast. I got it. I got it. Pull it up. All right, I got it pulled up. Hang on, two seconds. All right, number three is Walter Frey. We haven't even seen Ooh. him, but this could be tough. All right, so Walter. But we Frey. know he's in the. We saw him in the trailer. Right. So we got Walter Frey. All right, so here's the next three. Just or the next four, five. Let's do the next five. Walter Frey, Laria Sand, Tormund. Melisandre and the High Sparrow all play two to one or worse odds. So these are all still favorites on the board. And just, just as a, a, an outsider there, Tom and Baratheon pays five to two. So that's uh, uh, we, we have him as, as a, a sort of a favorite there as well. So there are, there's your list of folks to come, you know, so far we're two for two, Andrew. Well, and this is not necessarily in any order. No, of course like, not. These, this is these are just end. will, Will characters die this season? We just have happened to pick one and two in the favorites. Order. That's why they're the favorites. Uh, I, I didn't think that they would happen this quick, but it did. And I'll just collect this money from the West <laughs> K Westeros. All right, let's that? continue with our wildfire hot take. We've got some questions we need to get ta- to it. talk about. First thing we want to do, let's talk about free agency. A lot of teams trying to make a push to make the playoffs. A lot of teams trying to make a claim at that crown. Whatever their angle is, they're trying to get it done. There's a lot of free agents out there, people who are not necessarily affiliated with any team. Who is available, Kevin, 
to try to get for a team to acquire that person to help them get over the edge to get you know either the crown, the throne, whatever they want. Who's available? All right, so the playoff push is going on. We've got a few candidates here. Number one, Arya Stark is out there in free agency. You you wouldn't think she would be, but I mean, she she's is. A, she's, she's a Stark. Her name is, uh, but she is no one now. She's no one now. That's correct. Although Needle's still hanging out there somewhere. Yeah. Needle's still under the rocks. So is she still Arya? Hard to say, but it's kind of right like now, uh, LeBron still texts Dwayne Wade. You know, <laughs> Needle's still out there. <laughs> She's no one right now, but but Dwayne Wade is still down in Miami, just longing for him. So, uh, you know, listen, Arya seems to be fully invested in the whole faceless men thing. But just because, like, I think these tests that they're giving her while the whole, like, beating up thing sucks, the tests are really easy. Like, she knows all the answers, right? Like, like listen, uh, Andrew, uh, if you say your name... I'll uh, let you sleep inside tonight. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Right. See, you know the answer. Like, it, it got pretty easy. After you have, like, negative reinforcement 10 times out of 10, you realize, okay, well, I'm going to stop saying that because I'm tired of getting beat up by the stick. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start saying what you want me to say. So I'm a little worried that Ari is not really invested, but that also means she might be available for free agency. So yeah, who, so let's, who let's could be out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, as we know, faceless men are mercenaries for hire. Right. They seem to get paid to do this, but they also seem to help the helpless. Sure. So there's a lot of different areas we could go. A couple players involved here. The Iron Bank. The, the pro- proximity works out great here. They're mm-hmm. both in Bravos. Uh, you could just, you know, stroll down the street, go up to the next building and say, hey, we need you to do this for us. We'll pay you uh, to help out your many-faced god endeavors uh, and she could be sent on her way. So the Iron Bank could could get Arya. She could kill anyone. You know, anybody who's got a debt, who knows? Including uh, the Lannisters. Including the Lannisters. Something to look out for. Uh, she could join the Starks, sure. which I'm now calling an expansion team. Oh, yeah? They're, they're okay, looking to this. Okay, it's kind of like the Browns. <laughs> Okay. You know, the Browns left in the 90s. Right, right. They moved to Baltimore. Well, the Starks just disbanded, right? The Starks disbanded as a player because everyone was either dispersed, traded to different teams, or died. But now we're kind of consolidating back in the north. There's a bunch of Starks available. Uh, Sansa's kind of, I think Sansa's kind of the new GM of this team at the moment. I can see that. Uh, she's, but she's just kind of leading the expansion team. Uh, and that. I think Brianna is kind of like her assistant general manager, or at least her muscle. Uh, so John could join this uh, Stark expansion team. You know, Rickon's still out there. Bran's still chilling. Arya could make her way back, join the the, the new Starks, the new Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've, if we know anything from the Browns, that hasn't worked out too well. Uh, Danny could get her. I mean, they're both in the same continent. Uh, I have a feeling there's a big couple episodes for Danny coming up. So she might need some help. Uh, I hope so. Some she I'm might need some help. Still, you know, still so bored with her. Andrew. Yeah, well, there's some enemies she'll need to pick off along the way. Uh, uh, she, could, she could use Arya for that. She could use Arya. All these people could use Arya. I think you're right. Although, interestingly enough, all three of those uh, have some some problem with like the current guard. You know, the current leadership. The Lannisters, Iron Bank has a problem with them. The Starks have a problem with them. Danny has a problem with them. 
So, you know, the, she she might have a chance to cross off some names on her list while joining one of these teams. Let's talk about the next one, Andrew. Jon Snow is available for free agency. Opted his, out. His watch has ended. He terminated that contract with the yeah, next he, watch. Yeah, he, he exercised that opt-out clause yeah, and is did. now a free agent. Uh, a couple things I want to talk about. I don't know where his head is at. Uh we could have a Ricky Williams type situation here where he just retires. He doesn't want to play anymore. He just wants to stay home and smoke weed, mm -hmm. you know, sit in the dark, watch movies and smoke weed. That's what Ricky Williams did for two seasons before coming, before coming back to play for the Dolphins. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. Don't... It was kind of hard to tell from this episode, like where his head is fully at. And I guess we'll give him, you know, a little bit of benefit of the doubt because, you know, he just came back from the dead or whatever. Maybe he hasn't quite thought it all through. But he's got Davos on his side, which is pretty sweet as a right-hand man to have. He's got Melisandre seemingly on board with whatever he wants to do, which is a pretty good deal, obviously, because she's a, a sweet fire witch. And, like, if you've got those two things, and like, the that's a package deal, Andrew. And the like, Wildlings. He's got all those and guys. And the Wildlings. That's a legit package deal. Jon Snow has a lot of bargaining power right now. Or the teams that are available out there. So, or he could, maybe, you know, he could start his own team. He could start his own team, or maybe do a hostile takeover. This Stark uh, expansion team. That's a good point. That's a good point. Or you I've know got, what? I've got more money invested than you. Just hostile takeover, Sansa. You are now the director of marketing. <laughs> She'd be pretty good at that. Okay, and then Andrew, we've got the Sand Snakes, and you know they're just down there. They just took over Dorne, I guess. Uh, what are they going to do now? You know what? Like, I'm not sure what that plot, where they're going with that, but they're obviously like pretty legit killers. So what could they right. do? Well, they, I think they're in control. They control this whole state, this whole kingdom in the South. They control Dorne. They are, th I think the de facto leaders. Yes. Uh, so that, there's a lot they could do. Uh, sure. The storyline sucks, but <laughs> in terms of power players, a uh, lot, lots going on. A couple things we can talk about. Team Danny. Uh, she would Danny would have to get her shit together uh, and, and Danny would have to put together a pretty good pitch. Um, but Dorne would be a good landing place for an invasion. OK, that makes some sense. So, so the Sand Snakes could team up with Danny. Yeah. Uh, uh, another one, I think. Uh, and I just want to run the spot. Yeah. They could team up with the Iron Islands, Iron Islands plus Dorne. Both of these plots in the books anyway were terrible. They're the worst part of the books. Books four and five, the Dorn plot. I like the Dorn plot in the books. Sorry, people. And the Iron Island stuff, terrible. But they could team up and have this ultimate hatred storyline and like that no one has ever seen before. Like they uh, could be the Miami Heat in 2012 yeah. that right. nobody likes. Okay, right. I could see like that. Ultimate hatred. Now, we haven't got a ton of Iron Island stuff, but... Not a lot of people like the Balon Greyjoy stuff. Not a lot of people like the Theon stuff. So I think they could team up with Dorne and just like this ultimate heel hatred package. I could maybe see that. Although, so what does Dorne have to offer? Like, do do they have like a an army? Do they have like a standing army? Do they have people that, I yeah. mean, obviously, obviously the, the Iron Islands have their ships, right? And they're the Ironborn right. and they've got. They've got like some legitimate advantage to something. What does what does Dorn have other than the, well, the shitty sand snakes? Geography, if you want to bring a foreign invasion force, okay. be a good spot to do it. Ch check out your Westerosi map and kind of see where that could work. Okay. See how, how that could work. Uh, 
spicy stuff, <laughs> wine, uh-huh. and soldiers, and a, right. that, that's that's quite a bit. You're speaking my language right now. I mean, Mexican food, some some wine, some nice weather. I mean, you know what? Dorn doesn't sound so bad. Uh, I would probably want to conquer that as well. So anyway, all right, let's move on, Andrew. We learned that John is not a god because he's... Uh, what do you say? Not well endowed, at least per wildling standards. Although John is regarded as a proper lover. Which God do you think is the most well endowed in the game of Thrones universe? I, I want to talk through this a little bit. Okay. Uh, in terms right. of Can we uh, power rank wanna, it? <laughs> uh, well, we're going to do that later, but maybe just a mini power ranking. Okay. Um, I think first of all, we should consider the drowned God and immediately cross him off the list. Cause I think there's a kind of a bit of a shrinkage situation with the drowned God that makes him sense. always being in the water. That makes sense. Uh, in terms of other people in the red God religion, there are two gods. There's the Rolor, the Lord of light. And then the other or the great other, or some people would call him the stranger in the seven pointed star. I'm going to go with the stranger or the great other. Okay. And that Rolor is just like constantly trying to compensate because the great other or the, the shadow is he, he would win. Okay. I'm going to take your word for it because I don't know any of the old or the new gods. I can't think of any of them, but I'm going to take your word for it. I'm going to say the old gods are crossed off the list though. They probably need like a, you know, cause they're the old gods. They might need like a Viagra situation. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm gonna just take your word for it here because I haven't really thought this through. But I'm okay, gonna, I'm gonna go with your thought. What do you the stranger? Well, the stranger or the great other, like the the devil of the situation. Fair enough. That makes some sense. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> he just he just misunderstood because the other guy's just trying to overcompensate or just that trying to. Sense. He's just jealous. He's just jealous. Okay. All right. I'll buy that. All right. Uh, I got another question for you. Okay. Jon Snow needs a new coat. <laughs> He gave away his coat he did. to uh, to Dolores Ed and Edison Tollett. He needs a new coat. Uh, so what do you think he is? Do you think he's a North Face guy? I think he's a Patagonia. Hmm. Um, I can see him kind of going hipster to like a secondhand clothing store, like the like the Winterfell Goodwill, and just getting <laughs> something like old and and trendy. That's a good he's point. A little, he's a little hipster emo now. I think. I think well, that's kind of the direction he's going to go. Well, the other thing is, you know, he he might want to blend in with his new friends, and all the wildlings do Ooh. not seem like North Face folks. I don't <laughs> think they would follow the North Face guy under any circumstances. I think they would leave North Face guy in the snow. So I think you're right. I think he's either going to go secondhand or he's going to like kill an animal and wear its coat i think that's really what it comes down to that's that's probably more likely but he's already got the coat he's he's taken off he's, he's gonna be cold where's he going i don't know i don't know what he's doing but he did quit and that was a great way to quit uh i i will say that all right so andrew the three-eyed raven we saw in this episode i i'm starting to wonder he's basically doc from back to the future with his, like, the past is already written and stay too long where you don't belong and you'll never come back kind of commentary. So my question to you is, will Bran get to ride a hoverboard in one of his visions? Because, like, so far he hasn't done anything cool, but that's got to be coming, right? Yeah, I think that's the only thing that will make it up for you, uh, and the answer is probably not. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, Bran's not going to ride a hoverboard. Bran cannot stand up. Uh, uh, I am well, sorry. in a vision he could. He's standing in- next to the Three-Eyed Raven. 
that would be classic though if he like touches the tree they go through this this vision and all of a sudden it's <laughs> back to the future land 1985 <laughs> like the clock tower standing there and uh the three-eyed raven's like oh yes take a look around this is marty mcfly <laughs> it could work I, I would watch that spin the, the under the sea dance is, uh, <laughs> is that, coming that up. is the only brand i could get on board with i think unless he has fireballs or he's riding a hoverboard like yeah i mean I think we're underestimating the power of this tree power because, like, we could go to maybe different realities. We could go visit. We could go visit the Under the Sea Dance in 1955. Right. We could. We could go do that. I think that they should utilize that more. Maybe a whole spinoff show, even though it's Bran. I think you'd love that. <laughs> I think uh, I would. Next thing I want to talk about is Gilly. Gilly loves boats. My goodness, she does. I don't have anything more to say about that. Maybe she <laughs> needs to work on like a Disney cruise, but Gilly loves boats yes she does here hang on I, let me let me just give us a little a little uh sailboat sound here okay so this is gilly on the boat did you see how happy she was have you yeah. ever seen gilly happier in the no. entire time of game of thrones universe than no. when she is on this boat uh do you know why i called it the sea because it was water for as far as the eye right, can see. Right, you got see. it. You got it. Like, so first she of all, loves it. I think she needs to be an Iron Islander. Maybe she's I, a free agent. Did she I doesn't miss... need to go to Horn Hill. She doesn't need to go to Old Town. She needs to go up to Pike and yes. just throw a lot in with those guys. <laughs> I could not agree more. Did I miss the part where she learned to read and she's like, uh, you know, like all that stuff? Yeah, I think it was uh, last two seasons or okay. so. Because right. she's just been chilling. Right, yeah, she's like been just that. been chilling. That's a good point. Yeah, she's been hanging with Sam. I'm sure Sam cut. You know what? I do remember that. Okay, I'm with you now. All right, uh, you know, Arya Andrew thankfully gets her eyes back in this episode thanks to the uh, LASIK eye surgery water that she drinks. Yeah. So this this water apparently uh, acts as as multiple agents. It can uh, cure your eye uh, problems. Uh, it can kill you. Uh, what other things do you think this water could do? Like tame dragons or get Sam laid or anything like that? Like what What else could the water do? <laughs> I don't think it can do any of those things. No? No, maybe uh, uh, cure, like, fix your cavities. Like this okay. seems to be more of like a, right. That's cool. uh, you know, like you have to go to the doctor for these types of things. This is more of a medical sense. procedure okay. type okay. of water. That makes sense. Okay. Not necessarily a lot of magical elements to it, but more of just like uh, therapeutic, rem- remedial water. We need some of that around here, I think. Kind of like Powerade. Oh, okay. That makes sense. All right. I'm <laughs> Arya drank the eye LASIK surgery Powerade. <laughs> we need to get a billboard on this and get it yeah. up immediately. All right. Uh, let's talk about Tyrion. Speaking of drinking, Tyrion needs friends who drink. You know, his sister was a good drinking buddy. Yes. He had Bronn. He had Pod. He had Shaga, son of Dolph. Yes. They were all good drinking buddies. And then he went and hung out with Grey Worm, hung out with Sandy, And they just, they were like, you know, oh, yeah, we'll show up, but we're not going to drink anything. Oh, and so then brutal. You're like, oh, can I get one more? You feel awkward. Right. Uh, they leave early. They always leave the party early because mm-hmm. like, there's too many drunk people here. Right. And you're just like, mm, okay. Uh, he just needs to find some friends who drink. And and another thing, this is a different point. I want you to circle back on all these points, but I just want to get this out there. 
he needs to have better drinking games. He has this like lame version of Never Have I Ever. I agree. That's not a game that Tyrion would play. I agree. He would he would have this like crazy game like only he knew and then like he would teach all of his friends and it'd become like the most popular game. Th- this isn't this isn't his game. This is like when someone first learns how to drink type of game. <laughs> I agree. He needs like a cooler like Westerosi version of Presidents and Assholes. Yeah. Like, I don't know like Kings and I don't know, whatever dunces or I don't know what it, he needs to come up with something there. And then uh, I'm, I'm totally with you. It's like going out like, like you're, you're calling your buddies. Uh, you go out to drink and then they're all they're all like, hey, man, uh, just so you know, uh, I'm going to bring a couple of friends along. Uh, but they're they're Mormons, dude. They don't drink. So but they're like super cool. Like we're going to hang all night. They're going to be super cool. And then you get there and everyone's hanging and you're drinking. And then your buddy like gets up to go to the bathroom and you're just like, like, like sitting there with the with the, with his buddies. And you're like, hey, man, uh, so uh, I'm, <laughs> how about uh, how about the Warriors? Right. And like, that's yeah. your conversation. It's so awkward that that is basically what Tyrion was dealt with. Well, yeah, uh, I went to go see the Warriors play when they played the Jazz. <laughs> hey, man, I love Mormons. Mormons are cool by me, but like not not good drinking buddies. Like, no, there are good things uh, that, 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 that we just Tyrion needs to find his crew. He needs he's a, not. He needs a crew up. He's not. He's not with his crew. I mean, he's a little bit out of his element. He's working through it. Uh, I'm with you there. And, and and you know what? I think Dario and Jorah is kind of his crew. He they'd get drunk with him. I think you're right. Uh, at least Dario would. I'm not sure Jorah is Jorah drink. Like I've, I haven't really seen. Yeah. Him. Yeah. He was drinking in that brothel. That's when a good ki- point. When he kidnapped uh, Tyrion, so they yeah uh, they can. He seems <laughs> they, like they've, they've, they've like bonded over drinker. drinking before when he kidnapped him. That's a good point, but he seems like a like down in your dumps type of drinker. Like the only time he has more than one drink a day is when like he's really depressed and you don't really yeah, want to be true. around that guy. Yeah, Tyrion just needs to get somewhere else and start. He needs Bronn. Bring Bronn back. Yeah, yeah he's Bronn to Marine. Bronn is like need. the best drinking buddy ever. I agree. All right, let's move on. Uh, Andrew, John did not spare Ollie, even though it looked like he might for like just a second. Is this John 2.0 with like a new purpose, like something serious happened and now he's going to turn it on kind of like Jose Bautista after he started doing steroids? Well, that's unconfirmed, but, uh, Jose, Jose Bautista was a, a journeyman. He played for the Royals for like 17 games one season, and then he started hitting like 50 home runs a game. So maybe something has changed. The red god. The red god has <laughs> changed. Uh, John is, is definitely a different person. Uh, so he did not spare Ollie. I, I didn't think he would. I think there's a similar situation that we saw before with Jano Slint, uh, where he cut off that dude's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar situation. You know, he is the one who, who, Passed the sentence and swung the sword, just like uh, his father had taught him. So I don't think it's too new, but like Ollie, I, I thought that he would spare Ollie and Ollie would have this big redemptive arc. And I'm so glad maybe, he didn't. Maybe he would become like the new Lord Commander down the road, but Ugh. nope, nope, not even close. Sorry, Ollie. I hope yeah. they have potatoes in heaven. <laughs> All right, Andrew, let's move on to speaking of Jon Snow. Jon Snow had a pretty sweet exit uh, from the Night's Watch, and we assume he is exiting because he said, my watch has ended. 
Uh, and that's a pretty great phrase. We actually uh, have heard this before. And now my watch is now my watch begins or now my, is that, was that from Tyrion and like season whatever? Well, no. So when you take your oath, right. You know, uh, you say, and now my watch begins. And then when they're doing, when you die, they burn your ended. body. Right, and right. then you say, now his watch is ended. Right. But he okay. said, my watch is ended. Right. I'm with you. Okay. So what are some cool ways that you can use my watch has ended in real life. I think this is important because we need to bring this to pop culture and to just general culture all the time. And the first one that makes a lot of sense, uh, we know that president Obama is a big game of Thrones fan. I think that when he like leaves office, the last thing he says, he actually did a literal mic drop in uh, at the correspondence dinner, which I respect. But uh, when he leaves office, the last words, my watch has ended that he, that has to be his ending, right? I think that's pretty good. It depends on how Jon Snow goes. Like if Jon Snow ends up being a villain uh, or or not likable in this situation, Obama's probably going to go away from that. He's pretty politically savvy. <laughs> but I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Okay, what's uh, another way? When you finish binge watching Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. get to that last episode, credits run, and then you say, my watch has ended. <laughs> I agree. Okay, I'm so- done watching this show. Uh, that's a good one. Okay. The guy who like times the 40, like the 40 time at the NFL combine decides, you know, after like 40 years, he's decided to retire and now his watch has ended. Right. That's, that's one. That's yeah. one. I, and similar to this one, uh, like when your Timex runs, runs out of batteries, mm. like when it breaks, like you're on your wrist. Now my watch has ended. That's a good one. Okay. So what if <laughs> here's, here's a little bit more outside the box. Okay. So a, a, a child, goes with his parents to a car dealership and he's all pissed about it, right? Because he just wants to be home playing video games, except the car salesman gives him one of those balloons that's like hanging on the cars and the kids all like excited until he gets it. Like he looks down and he sees like a cool bug on the ground. He's like, Oh, cool bug. And he accidentally lets go of the balloon. And then he stands there of course, and you watch the balloon and it flies away and stares at it until it becomes a little dot. And then all of a sudden you can't see it anymore. And now my watch has ended. Right. Yeah, he's he's done watching the balloon. Watches it. <laughs> All right, you got uh, another one. I've got one last one. All right, here we go. Uh, when you get arrested for being a stalker outside of Jodie Foster's house, <laughs> and now the and, and now, now the my watch is ended because I'm done watching because I got arrested. And now the watch is ended. Okay, that's pretty good. Let's wrap it up there, uh, Andrew. Let's move on to some power rankings. The power lies on their side. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, today we are power ranking the best fight scenes in the Game of Thrones series so far. And this, of course, is inspired by the pretty baller Tower of Joy fight scene. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to let you lead this off here. What are your honorable mentions? These do not make the top five. What okay, are your well, honorable there's mentions? a lot to consider. There's a lot of great fight scenes, so we're leaving out a bunch. Uh, but these are the honorable mentions. We're going to mention three. These did not make the top five, but these are were considered. Uh, the first one is in season one when the mountain fights Loras Tyrell and then the hound intervenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to call this hound versus mountain one. And in that, there is no decision. I agree. No one won. Robert Baratheon told him to stop and they stopped. It was pretty sweet, though. I, I'm with you there, but but not good enough to be ranked. Honorable mention. What else? Hound Mountain 1, no decision. Maybe we'll get a sequel. Okay, number two, Cal Drogo 
versus Mago. This is also from season one. Mm-hmm. Just remember this one when Cal Drogo cut the dude's throat with his uh, Dothraki circle right. sword. <laughs> and then he cut the dude's throat and then ripped out his tongue from the cut throat like while he was still alive. That was a pretty sweet move. Like, yeah. Uh, Kind of a little bit reminiscent of like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Anum Shabai, Anum Shabai, like rips his <laughs> rips oh, his heart dude, out. I had, I had nightmares of that when I was a little kid. It was a pretty brutal scene, right? Yeah. Uh, Anum Shabai. Uh, so, so that's from season one. Uh, also, let's go to number three. This is from season three. Brienne versus Jamie on the bridge. This yeah, that's is a before, good one. This is before Jamie gets his hand cut off. So this is like prime Jamie on the bridge. Uh, pretty good fight. They get captured by a lock. Uh, one of Roos Bolton's dudes, so they don't get to finish it. But that was a pretty good fight. I'll give I'll give Brienne credit here, but Jamie had been pretty malnourished, so not sure. sure he was on his his top of the top of his game. But he did have two hands, and he probably should have done a little better there. So uh, Jamie or Brienne seemed to be winning. Let's call it that. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to number five. Number five: Jon Snow versus. Carl Tanner. Yes. <laughs> in season four, the fucking legend of Gin Alley. Uh, Jon Snow wins with some help from one of Craster's daughters, but Carl Tanner goes down swinging. If not for the Caster's daughter thing, Craster's daughter thing, this would be number one for me. I don't think I've seen a better fight scene. I love Carl Tanner and his little knives versus Jon Snow. Jon Snow had no chance against Carl Tanner. He's lucky that she was there to intervene because we would have needed Melisandre part one to resurrect him. Carl Tanner would have taken care of business. I'm sorry. Uh, number four, the hound versus Beric Dondarrion in the cave from season three, three season Two, three. three, something like that. Yeah. Uh, this is the one with the flaming sword where the hound kills Beric Dondarrion and then Beric Dondarrion comes back to life. I just like the flaming sword. Yeah. That's his thing, right? Yeah. That's his thing. And well, it's Thoros, is, it's Thoros Amir's thing, but Beric just kind of does it too. And the Hound does not like fire. We oh, he is like not it. a fan. All right, he so is. that's number four. Some people may quibble with that, but uh, number three, this is a personal favorite of mine. This is from season one. This is Bronn versus Sir Bardis Egan. Yes. This is uh, when they're fighting in the Eyrie, and he beats the guy, and he kicks him out the moon door. <laughs> and that's she says, you didn't fight with honor. And then Bronn says, no, he did. Just that's a great that's a great scene. That's, that's our first yeah. like big introduction to Braun, and which I and think first, it might yeah, be skewing it, your opinion, but I still liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a personal favorite introduction to the concept of trial by combat. Right. Uh, our first and won't be our last. Uh, but let's go on to number two and one and two. Number two, I'm going to say. This might be a lot of people's favorite, but uh, Oberyn versus the Mountain in season four. This is Tyrion's trial by combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did not end well for either party, specifically Oberyn. Uh, the Mountain rem- remains to be seen, but <laughs> pretty pretty good fight scene to close out that episode and to close out the uh, last couple episodes of that season. Yeah, this was a pretty epic scene. It's too bad that Oberyn had so much, like, hubris and wanting to expose the mountain didn't just like fight to fight like he was like reggie miller like just one he he showed up that day wanting to talk shit instead of making baskets like that was his goal that day he had two goals one make baskets and two talk shit and not in that order 
And had he just wanted to show up and make baskets, like it probably would have been a different outcome. But uh, anyway, that's yeah. Let's let's move on to number one. This is a pretty good one. This is a really long scene. Uh, this is Brienne versus the Hound in mm. season four. This is when the Hound supposedly dies. Uh, pretty good fight all the way around. Pretty aggressive. Grunt City is what we're gonna call this fight. Uh, I think I think that's number one. That's not gonna be a lot of people's number one, but I think that's my number one. That's a good scene. It's a good solid scene because you see two legitimately. This is like a like a, a heavyweight kind of championship type of thing because these are these are not little you know fast uh, you know speedsters out there fighting. These are brute strength. Brienne versus the Hound. This is legitimate Grunt City action. I, I'm on board with this being at least in the top couple. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk about the Tower of Joy, though. Like, right. where does this fit in the list? I, I know a lot of people, and I don't think a lot, but there was some talk on Twitter that this fight scene was a little too Star Warsy. You know, with uh, the dual wielding guy, I don't care. Uh, too choreographed. Uh, I thought it was pretty awesome. I thought it was awesome. Awesome. In in the moment, I'm sure you could go back and like slow it down and make like talk a bunch of shit on it. And I'm sure that it was, you know, like when you go double sword, I'm sure there's like some sort of uh like cinematic reason for that because there's seems like there's more swords flying around and it's just like more it's not really that cool because there's two swords. Whatever. I thought it was awesome. In 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 the first watch. I was sitting there like, yes, like this is amazing. And it four on one and it didn't look, here's my, my problem in, in fight scenes where like one guy is taking on a crew in those scenes. You always see like it's four on one, but really it's one on one. Cause like and everyone just else turns. just stands around and yeah. watches until someone goes in. These guys were legitimately going from like all angles. And I respected that. Now at one point he got his, he got his way out of it a little bit. And he kind of ended up kind of backtracking and the three of them were coming because he'd already taken care of one. The three of them were going after the one, but all three of them were still going after him at the same time. Like that was legit. I was all about it. I, I really liked this scene. Maybe, maybe number one for me, Andrew. I, I think really it's, I think liked it's, this. it might be number one for me. too. It was awesome. And I don't even care that I don't even know the names of these people other than like Ned, little Ned. Uh, it was still awesome. Yeah, you got to see Ned. You got to see Howland Reed. Um, and then as a treat for book readers, book readers have been hearing about Arthur Dane and how awesome Arthur Dane was. And so you did get finally get to see him in action. Uh, and it, it lived up lived up to all the hype. R- rarely does something that hyped live up to everything. Uh, this definitely was. This seemed like a nod to the book readers a little bit. Is that is that true? But like oh, still def- cool for show watchers. But I, I absolutely still cool for the show watchers. You thought it was cool was uh, awesome. for the show or for the book readers. Just a little bit extra. Uh, I will say this in the book, it was seven versus three. This was six versus two. So they pared it down just a little bit. Okay. Did you but, know that the Howland Reed like did the stabbing? No. Okay, so do you think that's really a thing in the books, or is that just like a show watcher thing? Um, well, I think it's just part of the story. I think that that's that's something that we we're learning about. Okay, kind of. So this is victor, new for you. The victors, well, yeah, the victors write the history books, so I think that's part of it. But I guess the question is: in the books, did they say how he died, or was it just always known that Ned killed him? Just knowing that Ned killed him. That's okay. really all it is. And like, we only learned about this. You remember in season one when Ned's 
uh, in the cells. Right, right. I remember that uh, whole conversation. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's he has this like fever dream of this scenario. We don't really get the whole thing. We just get like pieces of it. And so mm-hmm. like we know like that dialogue that was said about now it begins, no, now it ends. Yeah, that was pretty uh, a little like, cheesy, but still kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, like we knew that, and then we knew a couple of the other things, but we didn't get like blow by blow what happened. All right, well, uh, let's move on from that. Obviously, we know that the Tower of Joy scene uh, is number one on the fight list, at least for this podcast. Andrew, I think we've got a little uh, step your game up to play here. What you looking at? Step your game up. What you waiting for? Step your game up. Go come on in the dust. Step your game up. Drop it to the floor and just step. All right, Masande and Grey Worm needed to step their game up. Uh, <laughs> In this show, Andrew, what is our step your game up this week? Okay, this is Game of Thrones sword or beer. Oh, okay, like beer, like the name of a beer. Okay, I like this Game of Thrones sword. So, in Game of Thrones, people like to name their swords, right? You have needle, you have ice, yeah, I know those all these names. Is Bud Ice one of them? No, because I got that one. That's both. That's a that's but a trick ice. question. If you oh, say ice, oh, that is that, that's a great. That's, that's a trick question. So if you say natural that. ice is not an answer. Uh, so it's Game around. of Thrones, sword or beer. Uh, I have a couple of these for you. All right, the first we one we're gonna do is called Songbird. Hmm. Songbird. Is that a Game of Thrones sword or is that a beer? I'm gonna say that's a sword. That is a beer. Dang it. Uh, that is from uh, <laughs> the Tallgrass Brewery in Manhattan, Kansas. Really? I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure you've you've had many Tallgrasses uh, in your lifetime. I've never had a songbird. It, it is a Belgian ale. Okay. All right, from Tallgrass in Manhattan, Kansas. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> so, oh, for one, not a great start. Okay. Uh, number two, Squall. I'm going to go with beer. That is a beer. That is from uh, Dogfish Head in Delaware. You've heard of Dogfish Head. You have reality show, Imperial IPA. Great stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you okay? You're you're making you're making some headway. You're fifty percent. Yes. The next one, Dark Sister. Ooh, that's a good one. That'd be a great beer name, but I'm gonna go with a sword. That is a sword. That is a Targaryen ancestral sword. That was lost in the Blackfire Rebellion. There is a rumor, uh, theory, spoilers if you don't want to know this. I don't think it matters that that is currently owned by the Three-Eyed Raven. Ooh, interesting. As the Dark Sister Sword. So making some headway, Kevin. Uh, (laughs) The next one, Serendipity. I don't like that as a sword name at all. If it's a sword name, that's a lame sword name. So I'm going to go with beer. That is a beer from the new Glarus Brewery right. uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, I, I know you've had a lot of beers in your in your lifetime, uh, but this is a fruit beer. And yeah. I knew that you have not had it. Not a fruit beer guy. <laughs> you would have you would have passed on that one. So I was I was I knew you wouldn't you wouldn't know that one. <laughs> All right. Good uh, point. OK, the next one. Hearts Bane. No, I think I've heard of this one. I think this is a sword. I don't remember why I've heard of it, though. Yeah, is- this is a sword of House Tarly. So this was supposed to be Sam's sword. Okay, all right. So maybe maybe that's how you've heard of it. Is it a uh, is it a, uh, a Valyrian seal, steel sword? Uh, yes, it is. Okay, there you go. Good to know. Uh, the last one, 
infidel. I'm going to go with beer. That is a beer. You're you're good. All right. You, you know your swords and you know your beer. That is a <laughs> Belgian IPA uh, from Selkirk Abbey in Idaho. Okay, so that's pretty did good. Pretty good. I think you only missed one. That's pretty good. I feel good about that. Uh, that's, and that's another good. one I have here, uh, I thought you'd just get the bright roar. What, what would you think that would be? I think that's a sword. That's a sword. That's the Lannister ancestral sword. Right. Lost him at the bottom of the sea during a expedition to Valyria after the two. Yeah. I'm so, glad you didn't go with Bud Ice because Bud that would have been Ice. that would have been a trick question. Yeah, so the only one you missed was the one from Manhattan, Kansas. How about that? All yeah. right. Well, there you go. We're we're from Kansas. I should know better, but I do not. All right. Let's move on, Andrew. We've got some folks to put in the Book of Brothers. Book of Brothers. I've always dreamed about having a brother. All the great deeds of all the great kings, God. That is correct. All right, folks. We have only one requirement of you. You do not have to listen to any advertisements on this podcast. You do not have to listen to us pitch any nonsense. All you have to do is just one little thing for us, and that's go out Hit the subscribe button on iTunes and leave us a comment, a rating, review. It takes like 30 seconds. That's all we ask of you. Uh, it's a very small, tiny, itty-bitty task uh, that rewards us a lot. It allows us to get to the podcast out to new listeners. And you get something for it, too, other than just you know feeling good about leaving us a review. You get to be, get in the Book of Brothers. And we've got four new inductees into the Book of Brothers this week. We've got Julia will pat and john and andrew you've got one for julia why did julia make the book of brothers well julia is uh nicknamed the bread woman okay not the red woman (laughs) the bread woman Uh Uh, and julia was the author of a fad diet promoting an all-carb diet (laughs) Uh, but she was murdered by the butcher's guild of lannisport after the price of beef beef was dropped by 80 percent. oh that's a bummer yeah, the bread woman, Julia, the bread woman, Julia, the bread woman. Okay. Not I've got, red woman, the bread woman. I've got will and will is the songbird. Will the songbird is famed for a gift of songwriting and performing. He broke all the Westerosi recording records with his hit single cry me a Riverlands," followed up with his ballad about the night's watch, uh, bringing sexy black. <laughs> and his song about breaking guest rights, What Goes Around Comes Back Around. All right. There you go. Will the Songbird. I like that. <laughs> I'm bringing sexy black. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, next one I have is Pat. Okay. Pat's nickname is the Board of the Morning. <laughs> okay. Not Sword of the Morning, the Board of the Morning. Uh, he was just over mornings in general, okay. so he did not get up until noon every day of his adult life. I uh, I very much respect Pat for that. Board of the Morning. The Board of the Morning. All right. I have John here. He's Sir John of the Vines, known the world over as the best wine expert in the lands. John, also known as the Father of Grapes, you might have known him as that, was the first to marry two famed grape varietals together, Dornish Red and Arbor Red, to form the infamous Arbish Red, better known today, Andrew, as Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, historical. There you go. Historical and uh, a lot of uh, horticulture involved in that. Sir John Vines. So we've got four new Book of Brothers uh, entries. Uh, Hey, welcome, Julia, Will, Pat, and John. 
to the Book of Brothers. Hopefully you'll get some friends to join you uh, here in the weeks to come. So leave us those comments. Leave your name in your review somehow. Uh, if you can do that, that would be cool because then that helps us to to give you a cool name. If you don't, we'll just make one up for you or, or one based on your little iTunes name. Either way, leave those comments and we will add you to the Book of Brothers. Andrew, it is time to move on to the It Is Known prediction segment. It is known. It is known. It is known. It is known. Andrew, what is your first It Is Known prediction? Well... I think Drogon's going to come back this next episode. Uh, the Dash Kaleen lady said that all of the Kalasars had returned. I wrote this word down for the Kalar Vesven. Mm, okay. Which I am guessing is like a Dothraki chapter meeting for a fraternity. <laughs> like it's a Dothraki chapter meeting. And all of the calls have come back and with all their Kalasars. So everybody is back in town. It's like a Kalanis club. What's yeah. <laughs> well, like, uh, Come on now. Come uh, on. That was on the spot, right? That's pretty good. Uh, on the spot, that's good. All right, thanks. Uh, uh, <laughs> so on this Kalanis Club, everybody's returned. Uh, I think the Drogon's gonna come, mess stuff up, and then all the calls are gonna be like, ooh, we want her to be our new great Khaleesi. Great oh, call. And then nice. then she's gonna be in control. And they're gonna, they're gonna start moving. I like that. They're gonna well, do whatever she wants. I, I hope that happens because I'm ready for her to move the f along. Andrew, but anyway, I, I just think it's important that she said that everybody's back in town. Maybe okay. it's a little bit of an element that you missed in the subtitle reading, but everybody's back in town. So if you want to form a great Kalasar with everybody, all the people, now is the time to do it. Now is the time. All right. Uh, mine. Uh, I'm gonna need some music for this one. Hang on, let me cue this up. Uh, Andrew, I don't know if you know this, but Kevin Lannister is back. Hey, Kevin, I do know this. I that means, Andrew, I'm not listening to you. That means all is going to be well in the entire kingdom. Kevin is back. We're going to see years upon years of prosperity and goodness in the realm. The White Walkers are just going to turn around. They're just going to walk back from whence they came because Kevin Lannister is back, Andrew. We haven't seen him forever, and now he's back. Everything's going to be all good in the hood. Welcome back. So do you just like Kevin Lannister because his name's Kevin? I'm Kevin. Not, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> okay. Well, we did see Kevin Lannister at the end of last season, just chilling as Cersei walked back. Uh, Kevin Lannister is the hand of the king, so we assume he's running stuff and probably right. running things pretty well because he is a um, smart guy. Yeah, he is. I'm glad he's And back. pretty reasonable. I think he's a pretty reasonable guy. So uh, we'll see what happens to Kevin. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're glad that he's back. <laughs> Kevin, all right. Uh, here's another one for you. I, I'm telling you, man. John and Sansa are going to be just misses on the road. We between, don't have time for that. We don't have time Winterfell. for that. I know, I know. But just think how it's working out. Like no, both there's out. not enough time left in this show. <laughs> I'm sticking with this prediction. I'm sticking with it. I hope I'm wrong, though. I really do, because I obviously want them to connect and, and move some things along. And then Andrew, the the, the last prediction I have is. I think OSHA is going to somehow be a boss. Okay, well, a prediction that I'm going to throw on top of that is that this whole Great John, Small John thing. The Umbers? Is, yeah, the Umber thing is just like, 
they're trying to infiltrate the Boltons. They're going to betray them. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Now, the Starks and the Umbers are there, right? Is yeah. That, that's that's what we buddies. understand. Okay. And the Manderleys. Oh, the Manderleys too. Okay. These are all ones that are supposedly loyal now to the Boltons. Is that what we're right. led to? Okay. We we had a little uh, rickening on the last episode oh, when I hey. said, when I was a little concerned at the end of last episode, which is where we are now, that you mentioned that the Umbers uh, were holding Rickon, and I, I got concerned a little bit. Here we are now. Uh, Rickon is back. I'm glad it's really the real Rickon. They didn't recast him. He's got a yeah, little bit shy. I hate it when they recast people. I do too. Uh, but Osha's back and Osha looks like, you know, like obviously she's, she's still a little wildling. Uh, but I think she's gonna, she's gonna mess some stuff up. I, I hope she, I hope she takes care of some business. And she's not done. She's not done. No, she's got a part here. That's her that's watch my, hasn't ended. That's right. That she's still right. watch. She's still babysitting Rickon. Yes, she is. If she's still watching him. Her watch has not ended. I agree. All right. Well, if she's Andrew, paid hourly. She's going to be rich. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. Well, uh, all right, let's get out of here. It's we've got an hour on this episode. This might be our longest podcast, but it was worth it. Lots of good discussion on this episode. Oathbreaker. Uh, we are, uh, you can find us on Twitter at make Westeros. You can catch us on the good book, the seven pointed star Facebook at Make Westeros Great Again. If you have your own uh, reactions to this podcast, you have your own qualms with our ra- power rankings of the fighters or uh, or any other gambling uh, things you want to send us, maybe some, some MVPs that you liked a little better than ours, just give us that feedback uh, on those good social media outlets. And also, please remember to go out Give us that iTunes rating. Andrew, anything else you got to add before we get out of here? Uh, looking forward to next week. Episode fours have historically been crazy. That's a good point. I hope we get some crazy stuff. Me too. All right. Until then, Andrew. Ballado Hyrus. All right. There it is. See you later, folks. Thank you. Monsters are dangerous, and just now, kings are dying like flies. I am the king! Fuck the king.
grandfather. Tell me about the Targaryen girl and her dragons. The skull of the last of them was right here. It was the size of an apple. The biggest was the size of a carriage. is ended.